time. So just Leah. Guess what I've been watching? Uh, pornography. Always. Yeah. <laughs> and the newest season of Fuller House. The newest season of Fuller House. That sounds like a delight. It has been a delight, especially in quarantine where everything is terrible. Yeah. There is a sickeningly saccharine television show that you might want to watch, and it is Fuller House. Yeah. The newest season and the last season, and I have been crying my eyes out, but we will talk more at our next commercial break. Ooh. But for now, let's get started with our show today. <laughs> Done. See you soon. Welcome to another episode of JNL Watches. I'm Jess Leah. And I am Josh Prime. And today we're watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 21, Weight of the World. And in this episode, Glory has fully kidnapped Dawn. For sure. And is planning on bleeding her. She's having a lot of difficulty with her humanity, aka Ben, slowly leaking through her psyche. Meanwhile, Buffy has entered a catatonic state abruptly and requires uh, Willow using magic to enter her actual brain and talk to her subconscious. Seems danger. Just I saying. agree. This is a fun one. Who will we be playing as this week? Ooh, I would like to be Willow. You want to be Willow. So you're going to be in the A story, which means I need to pick somebody from the B story. I'm going to go with Dawn. Nice. Because Dawn is going to be hanging out a lot with Ben and Glory this week. True. I didn't pick Ben or Glory because I figured it would just be too confusing, considering that they're each other for most of the episode. <laughs> yeah, Ben, would you just drink for both of them? That sounds like a recipe for alcohol poisoning. Yeah. What do you think <laughs> their ship name would be? Like They're supposed to be siblings. I know, but like they're the same person. So also, like, like if they if they masturbate, is it a two way? Is it sex at that point? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Glenn. That's easier. Glenn, Glon. Glon. All right, all right. Bory. Oh, <laughs> Bory's cute. All right, maybe Bory. Huh. Oh yes. So much silliness. Glory is now standing with minions at her feet. They are, like, tailoring her weird Hugh Hefner robe. (laughs) (laughs) That is an excellent description. Yeah, I don't really love it. It's fine. The minions are all running around. I've noticed that they all have identical hairlines. That's a little strange for me. I need to pay more attention to this. All of their hairlines are way in the back for demons. I guess they are supposed to be alike, so it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I guess there's also not a lot of demons that we've seen that have hair. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, just a little new in general. I love the dress she has, or the... Is it even a dress? It I might be a, a suit. Yeah. I love that outfit much more than I love the, the cape that goes with it. And yet we spend the whole episode with this cape robe. Mm -hmm. And since she transitions back and forth to Ben, he wears that weird cape robe the whole time. I also love that it fits him and her absolutely perfectly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm really into her black nails. Like, it it fits with the outfit. I like a black nail. Yeah. I think that is not utilized enough in our society. We should all have black nails all the time. I agree. My only complaint is because of her gold belt, I want, like, one of her nails to be, like, a gold color, but... I love a differently colored ring fingernail yeah, yeah. in particular. Yes. <laughs> I was asked once why people do that, and I was like, oh, isn't it to like accent your beautiful, like, pristine diamond that you would have in your hand? How or? long and <laughs> slender your ring finger is? Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know why that particular finger, but yeah. more power to you. Although I guess what other finger are you gonna do? You don't wanna do thumb or pinky because they're the ends. Yeah. You don't wanna do that. Your middle you, finger is a fuck you finger. Yeah, so not gonna decorate that one. And then the pointer finger, like, is used for too many other things so like it's really just the one finger that's possible yeah you have a point see we just cracked the code as to why you would do that segment for another day 
But someday, I want us to ponder why we have five fingers and five toes. Like, why not four? Or three? It would be so much easier to draw if we had fewer. I agree. Or, like, hold things. Well, pinky toe only exists to help you keep your balance. We don't even really need it anymore. No. Well. We could have four toes. We could. There's just no evolutionary reason for them to go away. So if women suddenly only wanted to sleep with four-toed dudes, then over time we would wind up with four-toed dudes. Oh. But since that's not really a thing, except in the foot fetish community. There's a foot fetish community? Oh, it's a huge community. Really? Yeah. Do you go to footfetish.com? I mean, I don't know if that website is particularly active, (laughs) but there's plenty of foot fetish websites you could go to. Uh, It's a surprisingly lucrative career. Really? Yeah. They like to see pictures of your feet. That's all I have to do? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. How do you break in? I think you send a picture of your feet to somebody and you're in it. You're in the business. All right. All right. <laughs> Man, this is like that time that people buy underwear from you. It is like that time people buy underwear for you. <sighs> Except even easier because you don't have to do anything. You just take a picture of your feet. Yeah. You could have made $200 just now just going click, 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 click at your feet. What? Yeah. Man, I don't even have to do like lighting effects. Production quality hasn't really made it to the foot <laughs> fetish community. So you just they're just happy to be getting foot content. All right. Here we go. They're starved for content over there in the foot world. I say that. I'm sure there's beautiful fucking foot fetish porn being created right now. Why can't they just stare at their own feet? (laughs) Well, because for the same reason lesbians can't just look at their own boobs. Like, it just doesn't work (laughs) that way. (laughs) All right. I don't know why I chose to make it about lesbians, but there we go. It's fine. (laughs) I was there with you. Yeah. I love that there is a celebrity website. I think it's called Rate My Feet, where people put pictures of celebrities on their feet and they get a rating. The reason I'm familiar with this is that Dan Adavan from The Game Grumps regularly talks about how he has a low rating on the Rate My Feet website and how it personally offends him. Uh, does he, like, go in as, like, a secret person and... Oh, it's open. Like, anybody can go there and read about people's feet. Oh, that's dangerous. It's true, and he's apparently read about his own and does not like the reviews he's been getting. He could always take more pictures of them. True. Or, like, spa day. Get your feet a pedicure. Well, it's one of those things where, like, I've been to this website, again, because of Game Brumps, but, like, they take pictures of people's feet doing other things. So, like, Mm. it's a lot of celebrities who happen to have their feet out in a scene and then they like screen grab that picture and it becomes a thing like it's very specific mm. enough about feet what is happening the gang is not sure what to do with comatose Buffy I don't know what to do with comatose Buffy she's just sitting there yeah it's definitely weird that she would just completely break down hasn't been a lot of evidence to suggest that this is something that would happen to Buffy but here we are yeah I kind of wish leading up to this there were some psychotic breaks that she had like small ones or like some, some symptoms yeah this seems to be completely not non-magical in origin. Like, this is a legitimate stress response to what's going on, which is interesting because we don't get a lot of instances of something happening that isn't in any way related to magic. Now, Willow uses magic to go into her brain. It reminds me a lot of going in the attic in Dollhouse. (gasps) Yes! Well, because if you recall the episode, The Attic in Dollhouse... They are in these cyclical, confusing, weird brain spaces, and a lot of the imagery that is from the attic is reminiscent of stuff that was featured in this show first. Yeah. And I'm sure it's not new to anything, but in the Whedon universe, this is the first time. I miss Dollhouse. Dollhouse is so good. Ask Delta. He knows. Also true. Good job, Delta. Yeah. Willow just used her power to separate Spike and Xander. Oh, and on the first watch through, I mentioned that I think this is the point where I'm realizing how powerful Willow is. And I think maybe these people are, too. 
Yeah. Well, she's got this, when she's pissed off, she's got this low, like, I'm giving out orders now, Buffy's out, and I'm taking over kind of position. Yeah. I think it's interesting that second in command is Willow instead of Giles in this case. When do you think the switch happened from, like, Giles to Willow? Well, Giles is incapacitated because he got stabbed in the chest and all, so there's that. But also, Willow is just so much more powerful now. True. I love that Giles, like, doesn't try to intervene. He's just like, yep, Willow's taking control. It's fine. Not a lot going on with Tara this episode. She's still a little loony, and we don't spend a lot of time with that. It's just happening in the background. Yeah. But that's continuing to be a storyline. I feel like at some point Anya's going to take care of her, which is very sweet. Anya has to take over doing that. Xander has to take Giles to the hospital. Spike needs to go investigate what's going on with Ben and Glory. And Willow's going to do her magic-y magic. This is also one of my favorite moments because Spike is describing to everybody about how Ben and Glory are the same person. (laughs) And they are, like, willfully ignorant. Mm -hmm. And this explains, so in the episode where Dawn first experiences Ben turning into Glory, she says she doesn't remember, and everybody was like, why is this happening? What's going on? Turns out, magic is protecting Ben and Glory's switcheroo moments. That is very smart of Glory. It's a cool thing, and it's another one of those things that was introduced very early. Like, we learned about how they share a body a while ago, and yet we've kept it a secret and been able to hide it. And rather than tell us, oh, there's magic afoot, They just said nothing, and then finally now, a whole season in, they're like, oh, there's magic happening. I have a question for you, or the listener. Oh, I'm ready. So we know that there's this magic veil for them when they do their switching. Yes. When the, you know, as the veil is up and they've switched. So for example, Ben is switching to Glory, and now Glory is wearing Ben's clothes. What What do we think the human sees? I mean, I think they see a man in woman's clothing. Or a woman in man's clothing, but then they can't connect the dots. They just go like, oh, whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, because that's the thing. Like, like when Dawn saw Ben turn into Glory the first time, Dawn remembered talking to Ben, mm-hmm. remembered talking to Glory, didn't remember the time in between. Hmm. And Buffy even says, we'll have to thank him later. And then they don't ever do that because that didn't happen. There's just something about it that protects. Cool. And nobody's like... It's weird that Ben, as a man, you are wearing this sparkly dress. No, because I guess he goes and changes right away. So they are now at the location where this bloodletting is supposed to happen. So Glory is dragging Dawn into a little secret room Mm -hmm. where they're going to have some conversations over the next 43 minutes. Is it weird that it looks like like the alley that you would see behind the bronze and like a back storage spot? Oh yeah, well they're definitely in like the middle of nowhere and they're building that thing, so they might be using the bronze area, who knows? Cool. We haven't seen the bronze in a while. We also see the Sunnydale movie theater in the background of one of the scenes in here. Mm-hmm. A place we haven't been to in some time. That street, that Sunnydale street, we haven't been there in a while. I want there to be a map of Sunnydale. Like, where is Buffy's house in relation to the movie theater, in relation to, like, the high school where it the used college, to be? Yeah. The college, the zoo. Yeah. The zoo twice on oh, the show. Oh, man. The, the place just keeps getting bigger. There's a docks, there's a train oh. station, there's a bus depot. Lori's apartment in? Yeah, there's Dracula's castle. Mm -hmm. There's been so much. (laughs) Where the graveyard is that they always patrol? There are apparently six graveyards in Sunnydale. Holy, I feel like we've only been to the one. Well, because that Alpert crypt is always there. We're always like, oh look, Alpert, here we are again. (laughs) 
So true. I love that when Buffy was going to marry Spike, they were doing it in front of the Albert Crypt. Yeah. Just like, here we are at the Albert Crypt. <laughs> uh, yeah, where is Xander's family's house? Where is, where is his apartment? Where? Yeah. Where is Giles' apartment? Where is the high school? Mm-hmm. Where is wherever Dawn is currently at school since the high school's been destroyed? Oh, yeah. Is she in middle school? <laughs> no, she's in high school. She's a sophomore at this point. Oh, wow. She's older than I thought. No, I'm sorry. She's 14, so you're a freshman in, at 14, I believe. Probably. Because I know school. I don't. I just follow along. <laughs> do what you gotta do. I really appreciate the actress who plays Gloria in this sequence because she really keeps it together. This whole exchange with Dawn is great, but it suffers from the constant switching between yes. Ben and Glory. Yes. Like, I get that that's important and we need to establish that these two are really connected, but we've never seen them transform this often. They transform so much. And especially in the beginning part of this episode, it's so evident when he's going to transform because we're on a green screen and you can see their outline and, like, the technology isn't ready. And that's fine, but if your technology doesn't do it, then stop showing it so often. Yeah. Whereas later in the episode, when they're doing transitions back and forth a bunch, they cut around the transformation so you don't have to see it, which I think is more successful overall. I think... So, in the beginning of the series, when they transitioned, it was almost like night and day. Like, they didn't know what each other was thinking. They had to use the minions to kind of communicate with one another. Sure. And I know that at this point, you know, because... The veil is fading. Yeah. Glory is starting to get Ben's feelings, and that's, you know, harming her. Totally. Doing the spell or whatever. I think it would have been cooler before this point if we saw them more... Like, Ben and Glory communicate more like that back and forth, like we're seeing here. Yeah. I also think of a show like United States of Tara, for example, (gasps) where the actress, Toni Collette, is spectacular, and she frequently has conversations with her alters in the form of her talking and then becoming a different person and talking back. And, like, these two actors do a fantastic job, not to shade them in any way, but it just feels much more disjointed when you have two different actors as opposed to having one person literally being both people. That would have been really cool. A different take on the character, that's for sure. I would have loved to have seen, this is like overly campy and I recognize this is Uh bizarre. I would have liked to have seen Glory be a drag queen and have Ben just be him out of drag. (laughs) Oh, that would have been super cool. Get somebody who's like really convincing and have them go back and forth. I think that would have been hilarious. Yeah. If they do a straight reboot, that's how I would change the season. (laughs) Or the Slayer could just be a drag queen. I would also be okay with that. Yeah, I'm cool with more drag queens on my television, yeah. just overall. Me too. I'm, I don't know what season of Drag Race I'm in, but I'm one episode away from the finale. Oh, so very close. Okay. You're in the most recent season because they're remote. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we just did the... Season 12. We're in a bitch about each other episode remotely. So you're two episodes behind at the point of us recording this, not at the point of this airing. You'll be much more behind by then. Oh, man. Because they've already started another season. Like, the show ended and another season came the next week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Snap, snap. I gotta get on it. Get on top of this shit. Mm-hmm. We can't continue this conversation because we have to talk about Willow's hideous, hideous shirt. Friends, I am pro plaid or flannel, whatever you want to call it. All about it. Yes. With the exception of this horrendous. You know what it is? It's the studding. Yeah. The, like, outlined... I don't even know what you call that. Parts that you sew? It looks like a Western shirt. The cut. And then when it has the, like, bedazzling going right along that Western cut on the back of it, it just makes it look even crazier. Yeah. 
I hate it so much. And she's wearing a green turtleneck underneath it, which I agree matches, but I hate a turtleneck. Who wears a turtleneck under a dress shirt? Is that a dress shirt? Well, it's a shirt with buttons, so it's dressier than, like, the fuzzy shirts she wears normally. I guess, but it's not good. So we've officially entered Buffy's brain. Hello, Willow. Apparently, Buffy's house before moving to Sunnydale was very yellow and blue. Lots of color. Joyce was not afraid of a bright room. No. Still, Still loves her art. There's art everywhere in this house. Yeah. I would say it's very cheery. Oh, it's... Well, and here's the thing. Is it actually Buffy's mom's house? Or is it Buffy's recollection? Because we're in Buffy's brain. So this might just be the way Buffy remembers this house being. It reminds me of the show Lock and Key. We watched... Did we finish Lock and Key together, you and I? Or did you finish on your own? We might have finished it together. I think I might have, like, gotten ahead and then you... Were you caught up? Yeah. Anyway, that's not even relevant to the story. If you haven't watched Lock and Key, there's a thing that happened in the past that is referenced repeatedly throughout the show, Mm -hmm. and they're constantly going back and seeing different characters' perspectives on this event. And my personal favorite is that they go back and they visit two people who were hiding under a table Mm -hmm. and revisit their perspective. And when they're going back, the table is so huge that you can stand up and still be under it. And that's because, like, these characters felt small. So their memory of it is being small. And I thought that was so powerful and, like, an unspoken, like, this is happening kind of thing. Very cool. I agree. So we're in Glory's house with uh, Mr. Spike. Yeah, he's patrolling. I like that his hair reminds me of a polar bear here. His hair is definitely a a mess right now. He hasn't (laughs) had a chance to gel it like he usually does. Well, to be fair, he's been, you know, stuck in a abandoned gas station all night. And a Winnebago, and he's cut his hands all up. Imagine how difficult it must be to apply gel when you've got gaping wounds on both of your hands. Oh, that's going to be tough. This is why you need, like, a Harmony to just apply hair gel to your ramen noodle haircut. I have a question. Were you a hair gel wearer in the... Late 90s, early I, I would, every time we went to get a haircut, I would get a haircut that required gel for maintenance. Oh. And I would do gel for probably three days, and then I'd go like, who has time for this shit? <laughs> I don't understand the idea of putting on makeup every day, or doing yeah. my hair a specific way. Like, I don't have time. No. Like, it's not relevant to my no. day. How <laughs> is quarantine head shaving coming along? I still haven't done it. I know. As evidenced by you being in the room <laughs> and having hair. Sure. I really want to. I think the problem I have is, like, I don't know if I should, like, do it while on a Zoom call with somebody or if mm. I should just do it in secret or... But I kind of... I just want to I just want to do it at some point. I'm just going to do it. Hmm? It's like... Zzz. I'm also wondering if I should, like, do something fancy first, like, play and do something different. Oh. Like, give myself a mohawk or just two spots of hair on the sides and put them in ponytails just to be real fucking weird. Yeah, you could do the thing where, like, people shave part of their head and then, like, leave the rest long. Carve the the word ice in the back, like, from Hocus Pocus. Not like, fuck you? I mean, that's a lot of letters. My head is not that big. Uh, What about just, like, a giant penis? Totally. Yeah. When I was a kid, my my classmates teased me for having a big head. Hmm. And not in a metaphorical way, which is totally fair, but in an actual physicality way. Sure. Who 
cares what size my head is? And my head is fine. It's yeah. appropriate to my body. Yeah. Why people were like, oh, he's got a big head. Like, clearly they didn't have anything to make fun of. They didn't want to pick on me being gay or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> flouncing about my classroom in third grade. No, it was my big head that was the problem. Right. Uncreative bullies at Our Lady of Sorrows school. <laughs> oh. I hope you write to them in crayon about this. Hey, let me tell you yeah. how to pick on somebody, <laughs> Caesar. <laughs> That was so mean. That's yeah. rough. Caesar, what a dick. I hope he's a <laughs> listener so we can hear about what a dick he was to me. Man. And then there was a kid named Zach, I believe. Was Zach, a K or a CK? Oh, I think he was a CK. And he called me some very ugly F words when I was a child. Listen, Calvin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my yearbooks. I should open up my yearbooks and see if I can find like what he's up to now. Yeah. Probably five to ten in a penitentiary. I mean, story checks out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're back in Buffy's brain, and in Buffy's brain, we've got young Buffy mm-hmm. meeting baby Dawn, mm-hmm. and Willow seeing this whole thing happen. We got Joyce, we got Hank Summers, who's played by yet another actor, I yeah. believe, and then the baby is there, and then Willow's response is, Dawn. Like, it's not fucking so obvious. Joyce brings home a literal infant, <laughs> and it takes... Uh, until somebody says her name for Willow to figure it out. Good work, Nancy Drew. Yeah. Who else is going to be? Oh, meanwhile, Spike is now smoking in a hospital with no fucks to give. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. Who cares? Nowadays, they would have been accosted by at least 17 people just for taking a pack of cigarettes out in the room. Also true. I guess if you're a vampire, like, can you imagine just for a second... You're, like, at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Let's just pretend that. And a man who's in his late 20s, early 30s, Spike, right? Bleach blonde hair. Yeah. Slick back, gelled. Floor-length leather coat. And he just lights a cigarette. I probably wouldn't fuck with him. Me either. This seems like a crazy person. I agree. I think I feel that way about like the cast of Riverdale. AJ Kappa, who plays Archie, mm-hmm. his hair is an absurd color. No human being should have hair that red. Oh, yeah, no. Yet he has to dress that way for the show. Yeah. But it doesn't just go away because he's not on TV anymore. So he's like out at the movies with friends or out at a bar drinking and he's got that fucking haircut. It's got to be weird. And I imagine Spike, you know, he couldn't just stop having bleach blonde hair out in the world. I might wear a wig. Get yourself a nice wig? Yeah. Possibly. I could see that. Mm-hmm. So we're back with Glory, and we've got an obvious special effect sequence. So it's pretty clear right now that Glory is not actually in this room. She walks over here. She turns into Ben, and when it happens, there's a very uh, obvious halo around Glory yeah. and Ben because the special effect is happening. Yeah, it's not great. It's not the most effective. But, you know, these things happen. I am noticing that Gloria's hair is really good. She has amazing hair. I know. There's little about Glory that isn't amazing. I know. I really liked your idea of having a recast or a redo of this season where Gloria is just constantly boning something. Yes. <laughs> I say something because it could be something different every week. I think it should be something different every week. I mean, I think you got to really think about, okay, so if she's a god Uh and she's on earth and she doesn't feel human emotions, but she can experience human pleasures, 
it seems reasonable. Like, we shot, saw her in a bathtub drinking mimosas. Yeah. So it stands to reason she'd have all kinds of crazy sex. Yeah. Because, like, there's no hang-ups as a god. No. Just do what you gotta do. Yeah. That's what happens in all those weird Greek and Roman mythology books. People sleep with whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are consequences, but, you know? <laughs> you know, you have to birth Aphrodite or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we are in Buffy's house again. Doesn't look quite like Buffy's house. Mm-hmm. But she is putting a book back for Giles. She is smothering her sister with a pillow. She's a mess. Long and short, a mess. Yeah. She needs some, some someone to talk to. Maybe that isn't Giles. <laughs> Or Willow. Or Xander. Willow's in her brain, so that's who she's got for right now. That's fair. I know. Do the anointed gremlin... What? Like, isn't that what he's called? The one that's gonna, like, be, like, spiritual and, like, be, like... Oh, the minion who blessed Dawn. Yeah, yeah. The anointed gremlin is rather (laughs) rather nonspecific and unrelated to this. Really? Anyway, continue. What about the anointed gremlin? He, like, puts ashes, like, it's Ash Wednesday on Dawn and, like, blesses her. Yeah, I don't love Ash Wednesday as a lapsed Catholic. Yeah, same. Let me rub this dirt on your face and you're not allowed to get rid of it all day. I I don't understand. Yeah, it's it's not my favorite thing in the world. No, no. Plus, it creates a problem problem for cameras because the smudge on her face has to be the same in every shot so they can only use one take creates problems oh so you have to do like a good job the first time yeah or only use the take whatever whatever take he got it the way you want it to look then you can't shoot it anymore and you have to do the rest of the stuff she has the dust in her head that day before it washes off I like her other, like, little movie cut on oh, the yeah. forehead. The, the little, like, thrown-against-the-wall thing from yeah. before. Like the I've gotten beat up, but not really. Yeah, not enough that you have to do any actual makeup, just a little bit of red right here on my temple. This whole sequence, though, we get yet more rapid transformation with Glory and Ben. Mm-hmm. She refers... Oh, look! Ashes are gone from her forehead. Oh, yeah! But yeah, that whole transformation sequence also quite good. We're going once again into Buffy's brain, where she sees Joyce's tombstone. I love that they have grass in Joyce's bedroom. This inspired me to want grass in the bedroom upstairs. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think it looks really cool. It does look cool. And it gives you this very, like, strange storybook feeling that there is grass inside. I am a little confused. What is the doorway situation in the Summers household? Because it seems like every room directly connects to another room. There's no hallways. There might be like a small hallway, but yeah. Do they not have doors? Are they just free, like walking into people's rooms? Yeah, it's a little bizarre, but what are you going to do? Wasn't there a show where like the punishment for the child was taking away the door to the room? Is that working, moms? Uh, I believe they did try to take away the girl's bedroom door at some point, yeah. Yeah. It's also a thing that some parents do. Which I don't abide. No. I don't think we have any listener who write in, or that I'm personally aware of, who are parents. If you are a parent, let us know. Would you take your kid's door away? It feels a little extreme. It, I agree. What if they want to masturbate? Which they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're sitting there going like, my kid would never, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Oh, yes. Well, listen, team, we are going to take a quick commercial break because we have two, four, six fortune cookies to open. (gasps) It's a big fortune cookie night for us. When we come back, we're going to finish this episode and we'll probably talk about it some more since we've really just went all over the place tonight. Also true. But that's fine. That's why you're here for our journey. Yeah. We'll see you real soon, team. Okay. Okay. So, Fuller House, talk to me. 
Fuller House, super cute. But I love in the season that they're kind of calling back to the original show in yeah. certain spots, and it's adorable. Do you think that in 20 years, the children from Fuller House will be in a new show called Fuller Fuller House? I hope so. <laughs> like the fullest house? The full, fullest. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Fullest house. I always appreciated the fact that Full House featured the Tanner family. Yeah. And then DJ got married to a guy who happened to be Fuller. Yeah. So now she's the Fuller house. It's a little ridiculous. It's not going to lie. great, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's very quietly open these fortune cookies. <gasps> Yay! Oh, minus a color. <gasps> <laughs> what? I'm only sad that it's not pink. Why do you open these so fast? Skills. <laughs> also, I'm not sure how you're failing this hard. <laughs> the question it? you should be asking is, how do you open these this slowly? Listen, they're all different kinds of wraps. And... What the heck? Thank you. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> I can't help it. Okay, okay, we're good. Open all of them. Gotta get it all the way open. Otherwise, I can't edit out our, our silence. Oh, mine is colored too. That's weird. What? What? <laughs> okay, so let's open, quote unquote, our first silent fortune cookie. Oh. My first one says... Believe in yourself, and you will succeed. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. In my pants. Continue. <laughs> Accept what comes to you each day in your pants. My oh, pants. That's good. Yeah, that I is like good. It. <laughs> then I've got another one. This one is weird. So it starts, first of all, it's on different paper. Yeah. And it's tax act, surprisingly legal. If it's not stealing, it's not stealing if it's already yours. Start for free at taxact.com. What a weird advertising campaign, Tax Act. Yeah. Just saying. But my fortune is, the obvious is not always so obvious. Ooh. In pants. <clears throat> In bed. Uh, so I also have a tax tip number four. Uh, talking business, question mark? Those 27 dumplings you just ate could be a tax deduction period. That seems not true. Yeah, I agree. Also, we didn't have 27 dumplings. We only had 30. Um, the real fortune is don't overthink things. If you're still hungry, eat more. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Sure. My second uh, tax act advertising fortune cookie says tax tip number four, talk in business. Those 27 dumplings you just ate could be a tax deduction. That sounds like the same one you just got. <laughs> yeah, rude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and a close friend will go into business together, perhaps hey. selling T-shirts. Oh, merch. We always say merch. <laughs> Man, if I could put a dick on something, I'm a happy camper. Done. Yeah. Um, last one, tax tip number one. Run for president and you could deduct campaign costs. Cool. Yeah. So I just need to be 35 and a man. But Seems <laughs> one day. You don't, you don't have to be a man. You could you could run as a lady president. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where has that gotten to? <laughs> I 
mean, it's only it's only been attempted a handful of times. Sure. Like you could be blazing a trail. What's right. your fortune? All right, all right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, contemplate doing something you've always wanted to do. Con- like running for president, maybe. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you just gotta wait till you're. One. You definitely have to be thirty-five. Yeah. Penis optional, thirty-five required. <laughs> that is. Can I wear like a strap on? Is that? <laughs> I mean. Listen, you can. <laughs> Nobody would know unless your pantsuit line isn't right. It's true. Just <laughs> Who am I kidding? You'd be up on the dais with your mermaid tail, just like, <laughs> let's talk about taxes. <laughs> oh, could that be my campaign? <laughs> Everything from my mermaid blanket. Let's talk about taxes. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how I feel about Tax Act advertising on fortune cookies. Yeah, me either. I, I don't think I'm pro. Yeah, and I I think it's weird. I, I I'm not I'm against it. I've decided. Me too. If it was maybe in a fun color, I would not hate it so much. The paper quality is different. It's yeah. black and white. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not about it. Nope. Listen, we could talk about tax code all day, but this is not a podcast about tax code. This is a podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So let's get back to that, shall we? Let's do that. Welcome back, friends. We are watching the second half of this glorious episode, The Weight of the World. Woo. We have yet another Dawn scene. Hello, Dawn. Hi, Dawn. And Ben is wearing a very well-fitted robe that somehow also fits Glory perfectly. It's a magic robe. Let's take a look at our listener mail while they change clothes a lot. Because who has time for that shit? Yeah, that's fair. So, we have a message from India and Zulu regarding the episode Intervention. So Zulu first. Goodest of morning, casters of pod. Uh, Very into Omega remote hosting. Omega was here on this episode. Great. He's pleased that we use the phrase semantic satiation, a phrase I can now no longer say. That's fine. I have many white beard hairs. It's preferable to my many missing head hairs. White beard hairs. That's how I know I'm getting elderly. You do? I have one. One gray beard hair. And of course I have my earlobe hair that makes me just like a hundred. It's not here nor there. If JNL watches Charmed, not sure I can get behind. Who are you kidding? Yeah. You're here for the journey. It's true. This is it. Ambrose is bisexual in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And I emailed back and I was like, is he though? But then I remembered that he does sleep with several ladies. Yeah. Is her name Priya? One of the weird sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I really like the moment where non-robot Buffy sweetly smooches Spike. So sweet. <laughs> Thank you very much for writing in. We also have a message from India about this episode. Would not wear a huge penis face mask. But might wear a sexy douche face mask. Yeah. <gasps> there you go. Man. Thank you for the birthday wishes on the podcast, because her birthday was when we read this. Yay. Now her birthday is so long ago, and we're still talking about it. You're, like, famous for your birthday now, India. It's true. Pet peeve of Indio and me. When the characters are dumb to move the plot. If any of them would be able to tell, as all of us could, that it was the Buffy bot and not Buffy, it would have been a much shorter episode. But geez, really, I couldn't tell... Even after meeting the last bot? Yeah. A little bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Still great, though. Still Not good. Gonna lie. So thank you both for writing in. We also heard from our good friend Omega this week. Mm. And Omega has written in a rather lengthy post regarding this very episode, The Way to the World. Okay. Dear Josh Prime and Just Leah, Catatonic Buffy, fantastic. I do love it. It's mm-hmm. great. It only hurts when I answer pointless questions. That is a Giles line when <laughs> when uh, Xander asks how he's doing. I do love that. Me too. Spike lights his cigarette in the hospital with a no smoking sign in the background. Beautiful shot. Yes. Yeah. Willow being inside Buffy's head is disappointing. Childhood regression, death is your gift, 
blah blah, the storyline is worn out. I think if you're gonna go into Buffy's head, I do wish they had spent a little bit more time looking at her psyche, but that is a thing that we've done in the Dream episode once before, so they were trying to do something different by creating this, like, looping brain thing, which I guess translates to a catatonic state, because she can't escape the looping brain thing that's sure. happening. But, but also, where is the angel porn? If you're going into Buffy's brain, I expect there to be some Buffy and Angel sex happening in the background. Yeah. Like, this could have been, again, I think back to Dollhouse in the Attic episode, this could have been a great opportunity to have all of the different things from Buffy's past just in the space. Yeah. Floating around. Like, Buffy and Angel having sex. Buffy and Parker having sex. Buffy and Riley having sex. <laughs> Lots of sex happening. Can you imagine, though, like Willow walking through a series of bedrooms that are just Buffy having sex with different bows? I think that'd be hilarious. I hope the balls poster just isn't all for This would have been an opportunity. You could have had a weird hybrid sex scene. Or if you ever watch True Blood, there's the episode where they have, she has a fantasy about the two vampires fucking each other. Oh my God. And like, that could have been fun. That could have been so fun. Could have been an opportunity. Uh Is this what the poets go on about? This? Call me crazy, but as hardcore drugs go, human emotion is just useless. Proof positive why Glory is my all-time favorite villain of the Buffyverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. Her, like, lack of giving a fuck is amazing. Yeah. Okay, podcasters, if you had to dive into each other's subconscious, Ooh. what do you think you would find? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> so let's have you go first. Okay. <laughs> So, I feel like the first scene would be me in a drive-in movie theater. I do love a drive-in. With, like, a cool Airstream setup. I do love an Airstream. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's possible I express too many things I like to you. <laughs> and then, like, we would be watching a movie of some sort starring only you. In of all of the roles. First base Bugs Bunny, second base Bugs Bunny, third base Bugs yeah. Bunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we'd be doing that for a long time. You'd expect to find me trapped in a narcissistic hellscape composed <laughs> only of me in a drive-in movie theater watching a movie of myself. Yeah. That sounds pretty spot on oh, to sorry. my internal monologue. <laughs> yeah, we could do different versions of this. There could be like a whole, maybe the movie is going to be different things that you like. like Different genre? Yeah. One could be like a horror film. One could be like watching you play The Sims. One could be you crafting. I do love to narrate. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, as evidenced by this very podcast, when I wa- when I play, so you, we were talking earlier about how in social isolation you have found yourself talking to yourself and like yeah. reading your own emails aloud. Yeah. I play The Sims while narrating. Oh. And I talk about like, oh, Glyph really has to pee, so let's take him over to the bathroom now. This one really needs to study his homework. <laughs> let's do your homework, little little one. Then you go to the next one, you come back and you're like, you were supposed to be doing your homework. What are you doing? Yeah. So like, that's fun for me. See? Just jumping around. Good job. But it's only in The Sims. I mean, that's fair. Time and place. Uh, let's see. If I were to enter your brain, I suspect that there would be some underwater themes. Oh, yeah. I think we'd probably <laughs> both wind up with tails. I mean... Swimming around under the sea. <laughs> so I think that would be a big piece of it. I also imagine that we would be... I don't know why I think this, but I imagine we would be in, like, a Sex in the City reshoot. Oh, that's Where, like, you were essentially... I still think of you as a Charlotte, but... But I think in your brain, you'd be Carrie. 
scary. Yeah. And so in my brain, you're like narrating uh, above talking about the sexcapade you're going on this week with Aiden or Mr. Big. Yeah. And I'm running around like Samantha just being like, new, blue, what's the difference? Yeah. I think that is amazing. Uh, that's I, I imagine we'd see a lot of that. I also suspect that there'd be some like heavy Connecticut guilt featuring heavily in your brain. Yeah. Probably a lot of golden retrievers I just mean, sitting and watching you. Yeah, just like uh, on repeat. <laughs> this is yeah. so good. This, it seems like this is what your brain is. Yeah. Have you ever watched the show 30 Rock? That's with Liz Lemon? Mm-hmm. No, I know what it is. Though. So there's an episode where they take a moment to see the inside of the page's brain and he's this like happy-go-lucky happy person and his vision of the world is everybody as like Jim Henson style Muppets. <laughs> and so he's just, they're like, I wonder what it's like to see things through his eyes. And when they show it, it's all like puppets just bouncing about. That's how I feel about you, except for mermaids. Yeah. We'd all just be mermaids, bright colors, pink, glitter. Yeah, twirling about. Mm-hmm. Everybody just wears tutus to work, like just normal. If only. I still have my tutu skirt. I'm tempted to wear it when I go into the office next. You know, in 2021, sure. when we next go back. <laughs> to our offices. I love this question. This is a great question about what, because it's not just what's going on in your brain. It's what visual representation would make sense on a TV show about being in your brain. Yeah. And I think a drive-in movie theater where they only play movies starring me makes perfect sense. (laughs) I think that is absolutely the way that that would go. So I love that. That's great. Good Listen, job. I really appreciate all of you writing in. Thank you to India, to Zulu, and to Omega for writing in. If you would like to write in, JNL watches on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gmail, literally all the things. Truth. Happy to hear from you, and we would love to read your message on air. Mm-hmm. Back to the show. Glory is now having his her walk and talk with Ben, and they're doing a lot of transforming back and forth, and Ben turns on Dawn and gives her back to the minions. Yeah. While this is happening, we do need to talk about your thoughts on this episode overall. I enjoy it. I think we're doing a lot of setup for the finale, which I don't hate. Yeah. I think it's well constructed. I like getting to see the inside of Buffy's brain. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, the first watch through, I was really sad at the end of the episode. Because um, Buffy cries and stuff? Yeah. And like... It, it, it touches on some things that I'd never thought of, like how she feels about essentially losing to Glory. How she feels about what the first Slayer has told her. Yeah, we've sort of not addressed the death is your gift thing at all. No. And it's, it's I think, more sad to me because Buffy... Even now, I mean, Will has entered her brain and now knows, but, like, hasn't told anyone. She's kind of kept it to herself, and, like, I don't know, that hits home. (laughs) Well, and I think there's more to to unpack with that, because she does tell people. In the episode where she comes back, because that was the episode Omega was here for, Mm -hmm. the first thing she does is she walks in the house and says, well, that was a bust. Death is my gift. And everybody completely fucking ignores her, because they have other things going on. They have a robo-buffy, they have Spike being kidnapped by Glory, and, like, that is super indicative of Buffy's life. She has all of this shit going on and it's never important enough because the world could be ending. And that is a theme that really has hit Buffy, the character, multiple times throughout the show. Thinking all the way back to the beginning of the show when she laughs at the idea that she will die, that it's prophesized that she will die at the hands of the master. Like, her life is not the important piece of any conversation. And 
the things that are happening to her are dwarfed by the job she has to do. And so I really appreciate Buffy as a character. And honestly, every time I watch the show, I appreciate the character of Buffy more. She's still not my favorite character in the series, but I think that's because her circumstance makes me like her less. Yeah. Not necessarily because she is less fun as a character. Yeah. But yeah, so I appreciate that. Do you have a rating? I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Again, I enjoy it. I wish... I, I understand why we need an A and a B storyline. Yes. I wish we spent more of the episode actually in Buffy's brain. And if we got to see different things. I concur with that assessment. And that was going to be what I said too. So rude of you to steal my thunder Sorry. Here. <laughs> yeah, I think... This whole sequence, the Ben and Glory stuff is important in a way, Mm -hmm. but it's also very easy. Yeah. Like, I understand what's happening. I understand what's going on. I didn't need all of the scenes of Ben turning into Glory and Glory turning into Ben. Their performances are fine. There's nothing wrong with them from an acting perspective, but it's just redundant. Like, I'm already there. I already get it. I already know what's going on. And so you're just wasting time. And... If you're going to waste my time, the effects should be better. Yeah. And the transition effects between the two, again, on a modern show where they could really do it fluidly and make it really, really pretty and really solid, technically speaking, I think I'd look at that and go, okay, so the story isn't really what's important. The story is the eye candy of look at all the transformations and the effect, and it's so good. But the effect isn't great. I don't know that it was great then. The, the one that stands out the most to me is when Ben is leaning against the wall and he looks to his left, and then they do a transition effect to the glory looking to her right. And it's so obvious that they just put the two actors there and said, you look this way, you look this way, we'll do a blend and call it a day. Like, it just doesn't work. And it becomes really stilted because Glory, or Claire Kramer, she delivers her line while looking away, and he delivers his line looking forward. And so it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. It's, It's technically bad. If you ever seen the movie The Craft, mm-hmm. Feruza Balk transforms into Robin Tunney. She takes her hands and she rubs them across her face and oh, literally yeah. turns chains shape. Effective, beautiful, and really ta- talks about some of the bigger themes of that show about how Feruza Balk's character thinks about herself and all of the different pieces. Beautiful. There's a lot less reason for the transition and the effect mm-hmm. here. And if you're going to do an effect, I'm going to be more forgiving if the effect is not great, if it's serving our story. And I just don't think that it is. Yeah. Especially considering that most of the scene, they don't show it. Most of the scene, they shoot around it and don't have to show it. And I think that that is much more effective and gives it this frenetic pace. Whenever a transformation is going to happen, you can tell because we're suddenly locked down with the camera. They all suddenly have that haloed edge thing. And again, that's not, you know, the technical people that were working on the film, the show did the best they could, obviously. But if you can't do it justice, don't do it. Shoot around it. Do something else. Like, obscure. Come up with other ways to kind of make this happen. And so I think that it's weak. And I think if we had spent less time with that storyline, which again is paper thin, I think we would be able to, to really dig into the robust psyche of Buffy in a different way. And I wish that one of the things that I really wish could happen is that this led to Willow having a deeper understanding of Buffy's experience as the Slayer. And that just is not true. If I were going to rewrite this episode, which I hate doing because I hate being that fan, Mm -hmm. but I wish that more of the characters had been frustrated that Buffy was in a catatonic state or like annoyed because like her sister is dying and she's not helping and like getting up in their feels so that when Willow came here, she could have this experience of empathy 
Yeah. And really understand, like, oh, Buffy is really struggling in a way that I didn't appreciate as a non-slayer who's just in her orbit. Mm -hmm. And it could have really led to Buffy and Willow having a deeper understanding of each other. And that just isn't delivered upon. In fact, I really think that Willow's statement at the end goes counter to the point where she yells at Buffy, essentially, and says, snap out of it. You're feeling guilt, a human emotion. Like, get over it. It's not very empathetic. And she just walks away and says, I'm going where you're needed. Are you coming? Like, it's no learning about Buffy has happened as a result of this. And so that does bother me. And I think it's especially challenging for me, having seen when it's done well in the attic on Dollhouse. I think this, yeah. And so that's... That's the area that I think is is a struggle for me. I do still like the episode overall, but I I do think that there are some weak elements. And so I'm just going to give it a six, seven, seven, seven. Not going to go six. That's crazy. Give it a seven. (laughs) And I think that is um, where I'm going to land on that one. We learn at this moment now, Giles says that if we don't stop this, you have to kill Dawn. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not shocked by, frankly. Because when Giles, when uh, Angel opened his portal, you had to kill Angel to close it. Yeah. So I feel like there's a precedent as a fan of, like, the way to end the spell is you kill the person that caused the spell to happen. Yeah. Maybe that's deeper than what they're hoping a normal fan would experience. I've seen this show 78 fucking goddamn times, so it's <laughs> probably what's going on. <laughs> but whatever. So, fun episode. I hope that you have enjoyed watching this fantastic episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with us. Yeah. I know I've had a great time. Me too. And uh, next week is the finale. Oh! <gasps> Tell us what happens next week. <clears throat> next week, friends, we're watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 22, The Gift. As Glory prepares Dawn for a bloodletting ritual that will open a portal to another dimension and destroy the universe, comma, Buffy and her friends prepare for battle. Wow, that is a lengthy description. It is. <laughs> bloodletting? I wanted to say bloodshedding. Really bad? It's the same basic idea, but oh. they, like, cut your skin, blood comes out. Is this like Jesus on the cross? The crown, I guess, would be considered a bloodletting. And, like, the things? I mean, it didn't make him bleed, but the crucifixion was the part that was really killing him there. What's a crucifixion? Being nailed to a cross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the nail. But that's not bloodletting. Oh. Bloodletting is literally just cutting you and letting you bleed. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, this is irrelevant to our lives. This is a great time. I'm really excited to watch next week's episode, The Gift. After this episode, we have to watch something, a palate cleanser, before we do whatever we're watching next. And we have proposed Psycho Beach Party. It's so good. Far be it from me to recommend that you watch something on YouTube. But the entire movie is on YouTube. For free. For free. It will do that YouTube thing where it makes it, like, real small in the corner. But, like, it's out there. Just saying. It's good. Yeah. And we're going to be watching that after The Gift. But next week, The Gift. Get excited. Listen, team, for now, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Later. Bye. Boss. At this point of Buffy, were you watching it live? Oh, yeah. My dad and I were super into Buffy at this point. Oh, really? Your dad liked it, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. My dad was really into Buffy. He was super turned on by Cordelia. And it was like the Josh and Dad show, because my mom didn't like it. Oh. Buffy's in a coma thing. Ooh. Willow does a spell, goes in her brain. 
definitely an excuse to see Angel in porn, but they didn't do that because they're rude. What? <laughs> I feel like they could have been a cuter child chosen for Buffy. I wonder what that lady, that girl looks like now. This is the I love by myself thing, but like I make sound effects. You know, if it's been too quiet, I'll start just spewing out words. <laughs> oh, see, I, I don't think I'm having these concerns. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> she was putting on makeup in the Zoom call. Yeah, she's like, I'm so sorry. I haven't done my face yet. I'm like, am I supposed to? <laughs> was I supposed to do my face? Because I just put that blur filter on mine. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah.